Attention, you're listening to the Todd Huff Radio Show, America's home for conservative, not bitter talk radio. Be advised that the content of this program has been documented to prevent and even cure liberalism, and listening may cause you to lean to the right. Here's your conservative, but not bitter host, Todd Huff. Well, there is a, at least a temporary victory, my friends, in the courts pertaining to the vaccine mandates. You know what? Let's just call it what it is. It's a, it's a decree by a King Biden, an edict issued by the King of the United States, I guess. By the way, the only self-identified xenophobic president in American history, President Joseph R. Biden. We'll talk about this here first thing today. Welcome to the program. I'm your host, Todd Huff. Email Todd at ToddHuffShow.com. In fact, I'm going to respond uh, to a question, a good question. I get lots of good questions, and sometimes I email back directly. Sometimes I'm still behind on this. You know, when you get back from being out of town um, and you're going through all the changes that we're going through here, uh, long-term good stuff, but there's just so many things as we're starting the truth tour. And I mean, there's just a lot of stuff going on. It's it's uh, it's tough to stay on top of. I haven't responded, but a lot of times I'll respond directly, but sometimes I think, you know what, that's that's a question I, I want to address on, on the program. So we're going to address a question uh, I got from a listener. So we'll do that as well. Email, by the way, if you want to ask questions, share your comments, or simply lavish me with your adoration and praise. I'm teasing, but I'll take it. Todd at ToddFShow.com or connect with us on our online community, community community.ToddHuffShow.com and avoid the Nazis at, at Twitter which you've seen that they've already, they got a new CEO. Jack Dorsey's out hiking the country, uh, <laughs> climbing mountains or whatever he's got going on with that, uh, that, that mountain man beard. But he's gone, and now we've got new rules coming down from Twitter, which um, time permitting we'll get into. But you don't have to worry about that on our social platform. You can say what you want. Just keep it clean. Just keep it clean and respectful, but... Um, you can. We're not going to censor ideas here, and we welcome you to the program today. So let's talk about this um, ruling by a um, a federal court that says that now this is just a temporary injunction. It's stopping the Biden administration's. What do I want to say? The, the mandate, the edict, the dictate, the ruling from the first. Self-identified xenophobic ruler in American history, Biden. Um, he just basically came out and said, "You're gonna have if you work as a healthcare worker, you have until December fourth to get your first vaccination, which is what the end of this week or is it Saturday? I don't even have the calendar. I think it's Saturday. Um, you have to have your first shot, your first vaccine, which the definition of vaccine changed as well. I don't." There's so many little details we could talk about as, as I just mentioned the basic thing like this, but the definition of vaccine did change 
throughout this process as well. I don't know if you're aware of that. But Biden said you have to get your first vaccine shot by December 4th because he's Biden and the rest of us are just mere serfs, I guess, living in his in his world. And he then says you have until January, I think it was 6th maybe. I may have the dates flipped. Basically 30 days later to get the second vaccine if you're a healthcare worker or sorry, no dice, you're not going to be able to work here. Now, I want to the obvious is is right before us, right? I mean, we have healthcare workers who have put themselves at risk in danger during this entire pandemic who have been serving on the front lines without a vaccine for getting close to almost two years at this point. They, we relied upon them. We, you know, that they, they worked in many cases, long hours. It's been stressful. They've been dealing with how to treat people, how to help people. These frontline healthcare workers, everything was okay. Then everybody was fine, I guess, with having these folks risk, um, risk themselves by exposing themselves to COVID and God bless the people that do this. I mean, really, for a moment, just it's important to I think acknowledge this. I mean, the 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 selflessness a lot of times and the desire to physically bring about healing as best you can through treating individuals and uh, and so forth. This is this is a this is a good thing, right? I mean, this notion of trying to make people better physically sometimes not even necessarily knowing especially at the beginning of this pandemic what the world are we supposed to do about this how do we treat it it was a learning curve it was learning on the on the fly they were putting themselves at risk in fact before we sold the house one of our one of our neighbors um was i think an icu nurse was that right Worked in the hospital. I think he was an ICU nurse. We're not sure, but I'm, I'm pretty sure. And and he was telling me when he would come home, um, he would take off his scrubs and put them in some. He he would sterilize them. Like he would basically disrobe at the door at the door to to get all the stuff off of him that he might have been exposed to in the hospital. And that was early on. And I don't know how that all is is managed or dealt with at this particular point in time but those same people right who have been given as much time as the rest of us to to voluntarily take a vaccine and most of them have but not all of them and those that haven't have said, look, we don't want to take it for a, a couple of different reasons. I mean, it doesn't really matter what the reasons are. What what matters is what, first of all, personal freedom, right? I mean, the left tells us they're big believers in my body, my choice. That I, I know if a left has heard me say that right now, they're infuriated. Take it easy for a second, but that is exactly what that is. If you're going to force someone to inject something into their bloodstream against their will, um, I'm sorry, but that is a violation of that of that very uh, value, my body, 
my choice. But Todd, you see, Todd, I, I hear people now, but these are folks that are going to infect other people. Well, okay, I understand where you're coming from with that, except there's a problem. The problem is the vaccine doesn't stop you from getting the virus. So you can still transmit the virus if you get the vaccine, if you still catch and carry the virus. Well, Todd, but they're less likely to transmit it because they get less sick and have less of a viral load and therefore are making, you know, are, are less contagious to those around them. To which it seems obvious to say, well, what about the people, the vaccines for the people who have them? What is that doing? I mean, is that not protecting them, responding to the little virus or the higher amount of virus they're exposed to? I mean, we are not, folks, this virus, I said this yesterday, and I'll say it today, there is literally nothing that any human being can do to stop this virus. I mean, there are things that we can come up with to treat those who get COVID from the coronavirus, absolutely. And perhaps one day there will be a virus that actually stops someone from, from getting it, becoming sick by it, not just limiting uh, the amount of uh, effects, negative effects they have from the virus, right? There's certainly that possibility at some point in time, but that just doesn't seem to be anywhere near to where we are today. So these arguments, in my estimation, are completely... They should be they should be overshadowed. They should be they 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 fall in at least second place when you're talking about someone's personal liberty, especially when there are legitimate concerns about the vaccine. Now, I'm not suggesting that everyone who gets the vaccine has a very negative side effect. I'm not saying that. I have been on record. I am painfully consistent here. If you want to get the vaccine, get the vaccine. If you don't. You shouldn't be forced to get it. I mean, it's very simple to me. It, it, it really is. And, but, um, there are people, I know them. You know them. You've read about them. People who have had bad consequences from the vaccine. And people can say, well, that's not very many, Todd. And I could say, well, neither are, it's neither a large percentage of people who are dying from covid right now either i mean there's still a lot of people that have have died from covid and there's a lot of people who have had negative consequences but as a percentage of the of the total neither one of those percentages are super large um although one they don't want us to know the numbers about they act as though there's no consequences no side effects if you ask the question um, they accuse you of being anti-science, which is a bizarre position to take when all I'm asking for in the case of side effects from the vaccine is what is science telling us the side effects of the vaccine are? And they act like that's that's a, a blasphemous question of sorts. Anyway, so federal judge ruled um, that Biden's mandate cannot go into effect. And this is, and I'm looking, this is quoting a Fox News story, which was quoting this U.S. District Judge, Matthew Shelp, 
And again, Fox News is quoting here. It says this, the scale falls clearly. So as the judge looked at the case, looked at the mandate, looked at the healthcare workers, looked at hospitals, this is what the judge ruled. This is what he says. The scale falls clearly. Now that's important too. He says clearly. He doesn't say almost. It was teetering there on the edge. I had to sit back and see which side it was tilted toward. He says it's clearly falling in favor of healthcare facilities operating with some unvaccinated employees, staff, trainees, students, volunteers, and contractors. So in other words, it's better, clearly better. The scale falls clearly in the direction of allowing people to work at hospitals who are unvaccinated rather, going back to the quote here, than the swift, irremediable impact of requiring healthcare facilities to choose between two undesirable choices. And those, these are the two choices. I'm, getting, I'm going back to the quote here. One is providing substandard care, and the other is providing no health care at all. So what he's saying is, what he's saying is, um, if if we're going to say a hospital, a healthcare facility has to require its people to be vaccinated, if the hospital says, okay, we're not going to comply with that, then that's in violation of the mandate, so they can't provide any services at all. You're not going to comply. Game over, says Emperor, or dare I say God Biden here. So... Instead, they can say, you can, okay, we'll, we'll make our folks get vaccinated, but a lot of workers are going to potentially not get vaccinated, not show up. People that have been here, by the way, through the hellish part of this, and I'm not suggesting that this is over, that there's no other negative things to come. I'm just saying at this particular point in time, these workers have gone through almost two years of this stuff, showing up each and every day. Now they're told if they don't get a vaccine, they don't want. And probably, you know what the truth is? If you, getting the, be careful how I say this. I don't want to be misunderstood. But what we've, just from the benefit of time and knowing how to treat and identify and deal with COVID, people who would get it today, we have the benefit of all the things we've learned up until this point. Not saying it's good to get COVID or anything like that. I'm just saying, it's now we have other treatments we have we've learned things we know how to deal with this better um and so if you're to say tomorrow or the end of this week whenever this vaccine mandate was set to go into force if you don't have the vaccine it actually the day that they're requiring you to have it is probably the day that you are that it's it's not ever good but it's best if you got the co- if you got covid closer to the day of the mandate, that's better for you in terms of treatment options than it was when this thing first came and we were still feeling our way around. So we made the workers go through all the most dangerous parts without a vaccine, without a mandate, without anything, just show up and cross your fingers sort of thing. Now, the mandate is if you don't get vaccinated, which is clearly only for your health, I mean, based upon what they've told us, it's like it's like the seatbelt law, folks. This this from what we've been told, given that a vaccinated person can still spread the virus, it is only for the person. Insofar as whatever it's supposed to do, it actually does for the individual keeping 
keeping the symptoms or the uh, extreme um, you know, hospitalization or, God forbid, death from, from happening. And, and insofar as the vaccine is doing that, all, that's all that it's doing for the person. The person can still spread it. The person can still carry it. The person can still get it. Um, so why is that anyone else's prerogative? Well, Todd, they're going to overrun the, the hospitals. And here we go down this, uh, down this slope yet again. But again, where does my body, my choice come into play? So these hospitals are having to choose. Do we not comply with the mandate and then get shut down? Do we comply with the mandate and then offer substance? You know, you talk about overrunning hospitals. I mean, just the stupidity of this to say we're worried about our hospitals being overrun. And in that same sentence with a comma, we're worried about our hospitals being overrun, comma, but we're about to get rid of all these other healthcare workers because they won't get the vaccine. I mean, that is just beyond illogical. And that's what this judge is basically is basically saying here. He adds this. He adds this, which again is coming from Fox News's um, story at Fox News. And this leads me into my a question that I got from a listener that I want to address next segment. He writes this: Congress did not clearly authorize CMS to enact this politically and economically vast federalism altering and boundary pushing mandate which supreme court precedent requires this is he's exactly right as i said yesterday i think it was yesterday if you believe in giving the executive branch the presidency the president authority to act in times of crisis just temporarily all right we don't know what's going on shut this down tell a governor shut that down you know mandate masks on airplanes Okay, let's let's. I'll grant you for a moment that they're you know in a, in a very limited amount of time you can at least make that case that that can be decisions made by the president. But at some point, the president doesn't make law, and this is we get this matters a whole lot. This matters a whole lot. The Congress, our Congress, makes law, and so Congress has had plenty of time to address this and to debate this. And for the representatives of the people to actually have this debate and to vote on whether we're going to do these sorts of things. This is we're past emergency status here, folks. You know, that doesn't mean that we're not dealing with serious, uh, a potentially serious disease with COVID. It does mean, however, that we are no longer in the surprise phase, not know what to do, have to make quick actions, or at least you can make the case for that. We're past that. We now should be making deliberate decisions through the constitutional form of government, framework of government that we, that we have. And Congress has not spoken on this, so why is the president allowed to do this? Now, there's reasons for that. They're not good reasons, by the way, but that's what this judge is saying. You know, this is a politically uh, – it's a political decision. It has economic consequences that are almost – impossible to calculate it alters federalism which is states rights and it pushes uh you know this idea of mandates pushes boundaries that the supreme court has set precedent on things like this and you just can't do this willy-nilly just because you feel like it just because your base is riled up about it just because they 
desire you to take a certain step and so forth. That's not the way this is supposed to work. And so with that in mind, quick time out. I'm long in this segment. I'm going to address a question that kind of meshes with what I was just saying there in this particular issue. And we'll talk about that after the break. Sit tight, my friends. Listening to Conservative Not Better Talk, I'm your host, Todd Huff, back in just a minute. My friends, by the way, this program is brought to you in part, I should say this, I should, this is, may this be universally applied. Advertisers on this program may not necessarily agree with the content that is spoken here. They certainly should, as I've made clear in the past as well. I don't know what would be wrong with someone to not accept the things that are said on this program, but... I'm going to say that to protect them. They're not the ones involved in this. I'm the one saying this. But the program is brought to you in part by our friends at Hayes and Sons, HayesandSons.com. They help restore, help restore your home, your business, your school after you've been dealing with fire damage, water damage, and things of that nature to where you have to get back in there and really get a cleaning, get get mold taken care of, water damage fixed, smoke damage taken care of, hazensons.com for more information. Appreciate having them uh, advertise on this program. So I mentioned last segment, and I'm going to shorten this one up because I'm long. I was really long first segment. But I got an email from Kathy, actually a message through our website, I should say. And Kathy writes this. She just listened to our show on Monday. Kathy, you got to get caught up here, but we'll forgive that. She listened to our show from Monday about um, our bus experience with Disneyland. I'm not going to go – or Disney World. It was Disney World, Kathy, not Disneyland. We were in Orlando, not in the People's Republic of California. But we – I'm not going to go through the whole story, but the bus driver and I had words as to whether or not there was a federal law requiring masks – um, which there's not, and we went through that yesterday, but they've not. So it is true to say that there's a deeper explanation, but it's true to say there's not been a law passed by Congress saying we want mask policies on buses and, and airplanes or whatever, right? That's an as a true statement. So she said, I would have loved to see your family's fa- <laughs> family's faces when you had that discussion in quotation marks with the bus driver once in a while the masks may be a good thing (laughs) meaning couldn't have seen the reaction of families faces which is maybe true so she said i have a couple questions you explained that where the wearing of masks is not a law and that is true but for all practical purposes does it really matter to us we have to wear the masks anyway if we want to be at certain places or the business venue establishment can make us leave. So pause there. That's the first part of her question. It does matter. It does matter, and it's not the splitting of hairs, as I said yesterday. It matters because our founders went to extreme lengths to create a government that had separate but equal – sorry, every time I say that, I'm reminded of a line from the office – but separate – Separate but equal, right? We have three branches of government. We have the judiciary, which is the courts. We have the executive branch, which is 
the presidency, the and then all those, uh, the alphabet soup, the CDC, all that stuff falls under the executive branch. And then we have Congress. And the Congress, it, it's got two, there's two houses, the House of Representatives and the Senate that was formed through the Great Compromise. I don't want to go through all that, but we have this balance, right? And each branch oversees the other. There's checks and balances. So a president cannot just wake up one day and say, you know what? I'm kind of tired of, of this being the case. I'm going to do this. Even though even though they do this, folks. And this is this poses as great a risk, I'm telling you, as anything to our republic. A lot of times we get caught up in the idea. So if our guy, so to speak, our girl, whatever is in is the president, then we think, well, you know, it needs to be done. And I don't take this view, by the way, but some people think, hey, turnabout's fair play if they, you know, can can use the federal, uh, the executive branch to circumvent the law, then we should do the same thing. It's just a dangerous precedent to set um, because, because it throws everything out of whack and it puts the power in the hands of one individual or one branch of government and there's nothing anyone else can do about it if that is accepted and set as the status quo. Now, a company certainly can say, put this mask on if you want to come in my business. And a consumer can say, I tell you what you can do with that mask if they decide to do that. So businesses, that's the check and balance there. Do we want to, you know, what do our what do our customers want? Do they want us to mandate masks? Do they want us not to? The government doesn't have that because, folks, at the end of the day, what are you going to do? If the, if the federal government says do something, government by definition is force. If they tell you to do something, what are your options? As Reagan said when he was president, this is, this is the last bastion of freedom in the world. If there's no United States of America that's protecting and being a refuge for freedom, and make no mistake, if a president of the United States – acts outside his constitutional authority to implement something to super to circumvent or to supersede the the congress or what have you or the courts whichever might be at play in a particular set of circumstances if he or she does that they are infringing upon our freedom because this is a government of by and for the people and we we the people set it up to work this way and if a president grabs too much power they become authoritarian, and they begin to work against the will of the people. You know, even if it's something that isn't the something the people want, even if it's something the president implements something that ninety five percent of people want, it is still not a good thing because it sets precedent for someone else to come along and to abuse the system. And when they get into power to push something through against the will of the people that takes away people's liberty, choices, freedom, uh, money, what have you. So that's the first part of that answer. There's another part of this that I want to get into as well, second part of her question. I'll do that after the break. Sit tight. Back here in just a minute. Welcome back, my friends. So let's go to the second part of Kathy's. And Kathy, thank you so much for uh, for writing these questions. I think that this 
these are things that a lot of people are wanting. This I, I wondering and gives you know gives us a chance to clarify and all that. But second part of um, her question: uh, Did I understand that you wanted the mask mandate to be brought to Congress to be made a law instead of allowing others to mandate the masks? Yes, I. I. Again, if we're going to rely on this notion that the federal that, – that the point of Congress passing – remember, we went through this the other day. Um, if the point of Congress passing along its responsibilities and duties to the executive branch, which is exactly what this is, Congress kicked the can to, to the CDC, and they basically said, hey – CDC, if you need to do something to stop the spread of a communicable disease, you can take these actions. Now, and and they listed out examples. Not one of them is forcing people to be masked, or more importantly, I think, even than masks, is uh, to be vaccinated. That is not in there. I mean, it's like, I don't know, uh, decontaminating, take uh, getting rid of animals. That was in there which I commented that I'd love to see the left's take on that. If that's what the CDC came out and said, got to put all your dogs down or something. We got two dogs. I'm not in favor of that. I'm just saying, just imagine the different response from the left if this was what we were being told to do. But the 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 notion is, the, the, the rationale for Congress to pass that responsibility to the executive branch, whether they should have done it or not is another question, but the rationale is sometimes quick decisions have to be made, and an executive branch is in a better position to do that than Congress, which is a bunch of people with a bunch of – representing a bunch of people from all different you know parts of the country, different states and different interests and so forth. It would be quicker to address it in an executive capacity. So my point, I think, is very straightforward and, and I think very logically sound here. Um, two years or 20 months or wherever we're at now certainly does not fit emergency status. It doesn't mean that it's not serious. I mean, I just simply mean we have to do something today sort of thing. We're way past that. We're way past the this is an emergency, got to give the executive branch leeway to make decisions until we can get on top of this. We've had time to get on top of this. I'm not saying stop it, but we've had time to wrap our heads around it and to decide to debate what we would want to do, and that can go to Congress. Now, Kathy goes on to ask, wouldn't that be worse in case it was challenged legally? Um, I guess by worse she means... Uh, less likely to be stopped by a court. I would say yes, unless someone found that it was a violation of someone's personal liberty, which again, we're in a constitutional republic, not a pure democracy. So that means that that means that our whether 99.9% of the people say that we want to take away this person's rights, that is not the way our system works. That's why it's not a pure democracy. In a pure democracy, you could theoretically do that. But in a constitutional republic, we have rights that are enumerated in the Constitution, written down. It's not all of our rights, but it says, hey, even if no one else wants you to have this right, you still have it because God gave it to you, not us. 
And so I do think that it would be better. I would fight it being passed as a law, and I would hope that they wouldn't pass it as a law, but the process that's the way that it should be handled. It's a political fight. That's the whole point. Um, there you go. She says she still enjoys listening. Well, I appreciate that, Kathy. You're greatly appreciated as well. She says, thank you for not promoting fear like of other, a lot of other conservative show hosts. And that, I think we don't. I mean, we try not to do that. I'm not fearful. I'm just, I'm not, and I don't think we should be. I mean, we should be aware. We should, you know, know what we're up against, whether we're dealing, talking about a virus or we're dealing with a political ideology and a worldview that's dangerous to liberty, what they're being, kids are being taught in schools. We should be aware, but we shouldn't be afraid, intimidated, bitter, shouldn't be fearful. I'm not going to promote those things on here because I just don't believe in that. But I appreciate the question. Hopefully that helps. Uh, maybe some of you had some of those questions as well. Kathy, thank you very much. And folks, sit tight. Continue our discussion of going through today's issues. I just glanced over to see what we're going to talk about next. I'm going to figure that out after the break. There's a few things I want to get to. Sit tight. Back in just a minute. My friends, not a lot of time, and there's a lot of things I want to get to, but I'm going to just mention this. Tough guy Chris Cuomo, tough guy Chris Cuomo, CNN, has now been suspended indefinitely, as I understand it, by CNN because the journalist (laughs) at CNN, remember the whole thing when his brother... Uh, Andrew Cuomo, governor of New York, was uh, getting all these allegations of sexual harassment and all this all this stuff um, made against him. CNN, it, he wasn't he didn't have him on and ask him about that. Um, well, it turns out that according to prosecution evidence in the case against Governor former Governor Cuomo, um, it appears that Chris Cuomo was trying to help. So we have a journalist trying to help a politician. I know they're brothers, but still, this is not the way. Look, not the way it's supposed to work. We're supposed to believe CNN, such a trusted, reliable source of news. Don Lemon, Chris Cuomo, the tough guy himself. I mean, these guys are just above reproach. Now he's it's gotten so bad. Think about how bad it has to get for CNN to actually pull the trigger on this decision on tough guy Chris Cuomo, but suspended indefinitely. can't imagine. I can only imagine who they're going to put in that particular time slot now. So that's going on. The left is also in utter panic about the Supreme Court ruling, uh, basically overruling Roe versus Wade. Now, this is a big discussion. I just want to mention it now because I'm sure it's going to come up in the days to come, and we'll talk about it on the program But I just want to mention a couple of things here off the top that I think is important for everyone to note. Now, Gene Shaheen, who's a, um, well, a liberal senator, she's out there and she is saying that if there, I'm see if I can pull the uh, soundbite up really quickly. I can't, I can't find it at the moment. But she's out here saying that if 
Roe versus here it is. Roe versus Wade is overturned. There's going to be a revolution. This infringement on women's rights, on our privacy, on the attempt to have state control of our personal health really is what we would see in an authoritarian state. It's not what we would expect in New Hampshire. I think if you want to see a revolution, go ahead, outlaw Roe v. Wade and see what the response is of the public, particularly young people. Yeah, so she's promising revolution. I don't know about you, but this sounds an awful lot awful lot like an insurrection call to me I, this this seems like we need to investigate here seems like we need to investigate this very very seriously so she's out there saying for the record she's out there saying if roe versus wade gets overturned which is a court a case before the court that's going to get heard soon that could impact the uh, potentially that just deals with abortion they're afraid of this they got you know, uh, we've got new justices on the court um, who are conservative, who are pro-life, um, and they're afraid they're going to overturn this. Now, what happens, and this is what I wanted to make sure I get to before we take a break. Seems like a weird thing, first of all, to have a revolution about because all Roe versus Wade, if it were overturned, which I'm not predicting it will be, but if it was overturned, all that would happen is that the decision would go back to the states, and states could make their own laws or not about abortion which for those who are crying you know about how much their democracy is at risk it seems to me that if you were in favor of democracy you'd actually be in favor of not having nine people in robes make a decision but instead having state legislators legislatures make those decisions quick time out back in just a minute So again, let me reiterate what I said last segment. I want to make sure I get this in and get it done correctly. If Roe versus Wade is actually overturned, which I'm not predicting, but it is something that folks are concerned about, and it has been a strategy, candidly, of the pro-life uh, pro-life community, it was is to get something back before the court to see if they will do something regarding. Um, Roe versus Wade because it's a terrible decision. Remember what Roe versus Wade did was actually stop states from making their own decisions on abortion and just said that women have a right to privacy and that's the end of it. I mean, I'm overly simplifying it, but that's basically uh, the the point. And so you had nine people in black robes making that decision for Americans instead of having it go back to the states. And isn't that exactly what people who believe in democracy, even though we live in a constitutional republic, certainly has democratic aspects. I'm not saying that it doesn't. We have a voice and we should. But shouldn't people who believe in democracy, as the left constantly tells us that they do, shouldn't they believe in the people making the decision instead of the courts? Seems like an obvious answer. I've got to go, folks. SDGC tomorrow. Take care.